You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. This episode's topic is faith deconstruction. So there's a growing movement of Christians who have decided to deconstruct their faith. And sometimes this even ends with them walking away from Christianity. So we want to talk about uh, what it means to deconstruct faith, why sometimes it is important to critically evaluate what you've been taught growing up, but ultimately how any deconstruction process should lead us back to Jesus. Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got with me the rest of our leadership team, Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, Zach Wyrock, and Stacey Donardo. And then also shout out Marcus Cunningham every week, helps Woo-woo. us with the audio. Uh, we're really glad you're here as well. Our question today is, uh, really it's a topic centered around deconstructing faith. And so this is something I've actually had several listeners submit, but the idea of uh, there's a common trend, especially with younger evangelical Christians to uh, take everything they believe and sort of run it through the ringer. And a lot of times what happens is they end up walking away from their faith in Jesus. And uh, so we want to talk about that because I think that's something that uh, we're running into as we interact with uh, some of the younger Christians that that we know. And so how should we process through uh, evaluating the things we've been taught as we've grown up? How do we stay tethered to reality and to what's true and walk with Jesus in that? So that's our starting point is deconstructing faith. Um, yeah, I think we'll start with, believe it or not, the positive side of deconstruction. And, and that is that... Um, you know, faith is one of those things where over the centuries of Christianity, what it means to be a Christian has gathered a lot of extra things. This is true of every culture that Christianity has been in. That just over time, things get added to the definition of a Christian, the definition of the Christian life, the expectations of a Christian. Those things come from culture, they come from tradition, they come from families, they come from denominations, whatever. That, that's why when you're talking to a kid sometimes and they describe God, you go, yeah, I don't believe in that God either. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Because the, the God they were It's become this thing that it never was. And so if by deconstruction we mean examining what I believe mm-hmm. to determine whether or not I ought to believe it, I that's think that's great. That's yeah, you know, great I, I don't think we're arguing for an unexamined faith. What I would actually suggest is this is where church history can be uh, very helpful. This is where reading Christian authors from different times and different cultures can be very helpful because it just helps you to figure out what is actual historic Orthodox Christianity and what is superfluous, what is American, what is in my cultural moment. This is where something like the the creeds, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed can be so helpful because this is what the church has historically understood it means to be a Christian, and it helps you separate the core of Christianity, what the Bible actually teaches, versus what's been added to Christianity, because you might find yourself in the deconstruction process saying, I want to reject these things, and Jesus may very well say, me too. Yeah. You know, those are not things that that I agree with either. And so I think it's good to examine your faith. I think it's good to use church history and the historic orthodox understanding of Christianity to do that to separate Jesus from the cultural attachments to Jesus. So if that's what we mean, that's a really good thing. Yeah, you used uh, a phrase that is uh, pretty swollen with meaning, which is uh, the cultural moment. Mm-hmm. Explain that. 
Yeah, I'm just saying that the time period in which you live, the country in which you live, the 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 culture in which the things that are on people's minds, the the buzzwords, the you, you know the the kind of the spirit of the age collect to form a particular way of of thinking. So in our cultural right. moment, for example, issues like sexuality, right. gender, politics, right? They they become it, it just kind of becomes this is the way you're supposed to think. And the church is not immune to that. That happens outside the church. It also yeah. happens inside the church so that it's almost like you become a Christian and you're given these talking points. You are a Christian, therefore you must vote this way, think this way, speak this way, tweet this way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what I'm saying is that cultural moment may or may not, right. and oftentimes may not, be actually rooted in what it means to be a Christian. But if you're not like constantly thinking about that, you amass this cultural baggage from in the church or outside the church that forms, and you end up, I think, waking up and going, I don't like what it means to be a Christian, when actually what you don't like I oftentimes has nothing to do with Jesus himself. I had a conversation just a couple of weeks ago with one of my daughters who had a moment like that where they were just saying, man, I had this friend of mine saying, all Christians, they hate gay people. And she said, well, then you don't know a real Christian, because (laughs) if you are a real Christian, that is not at all the heart of a Christian. I also think when you talk about deconstructing a Christian faith, um, one thing that just comes to mind is no matter what, you're putting your faith in something. So again, it's that, that realization of if you're deconstructing the faith that you have, then that means... You are putting your faith into something else. Well, you're replacing you're it. You're replacing there, Yeah, there's yeah. a vacuum, and, and the vacuum gets filled by something. Right. And that's so, what that would be as we, if we pivot to what's what's wrong with deconstructing. Like a negative thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but before we do, let me, uh, with each one of my kids, uh, I think I ended up spending time with them uh, as they went through questioning and just saying, listen, ask any question. Let's go through it. Let's have you ask the hard questions about faith. I don't care what they are. Uh, and I spent uh, you know, time with each one of my kids trying to help them kind of deconstruct and then reconstruct what uh, faith really meant. Because everybody gathers those things that you talked about, Zach. I think it's, it's impossible for a child to be born and raised uh, kind of in the church with faith uh, without gathering some things that are either implicit um, or explicitly added to the faith. So, uh, well, I would, and I would this. just say, like any any church, if you grow up in the church, that the, whatever church you grew up in has a culture, and so it's really easy to assume right. that the culture of that church is the culture of Christianity. All yeah, Christians are like church, this, right. even though you're a tiny little blip. No, the, yeah, the, I mean that. That's for for me. That's pretty relevant. Like I grew yeah. up in a relatively conservative church background, and I know a lot of people that I grew up with who who I went to church with growing up who have gone through so-called deconstructed de- yeah. deconstruction of their faith and have come out on the back end of that with nothing resembling faith in Jesus at all. And I think uh, what happens sometimes is you attach these cultural things that are just cultural components of your church or your way of practicing Christianity to Jesus himself, to Christianity itself. And in so doing, you say, uh, you know, like you said, Zach, you have to vote a certain way, you have to act a certain way, you have to dress a certain way, you have to do all these different things. And and then when somebody starts to deconstruct, they might say, well, if I look in scripture, I don't see anything about that. But it seems so important, so yeah. maybe I need to throw all of this out. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, the metaphor that comes to mind, and I, I don't know how helpful it is, but the metaphor that comes to mind is um, if I were cooking in my kitchen and I were following a recipe, right? And let's just say it was a recipe that I'd done before, and I know that the meal that comes out of this recipe is really good. But every time I kind of turn around to grab another ingredient, one of my kids throws something else in, you know, something that doesn't go in the recipe. Yeah. Just, I don't know, they're just throwing it in. And I turn around and they throw it in and I turn around, they throw it in. And, and then what emerges, I eat it and I think this is awful, right? Well, the temptation is to say this recipe is awful, right. but the recipe itself is actually right. gr- great. great. Yeah. I have tasted it before. I know it is very good. I know it, it's all the extra additives that got thrown in. And I, what I have to do is is kind of reverse engineer or deconstruct that recipe and say, what's in here that shouldn't, shouldn't be in here? Right. And that's where I think something like the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the, the first church, the early church saying, this is what it means to be a Christian. If you use that as your recipe, then what the church has said for 2,000 years is this tastes good. This is good. This is beautiful. What you're going to realize is when you turned around, people were throwing in things that that are not good and change the nature of what it means to be a Christian. One of the things that uh, that I love, uh, that I always will turn to, at least in my mind, when I think about explaining Christianity is... Uh, Blaise Pascal was a 17th century mathematician, brilliant, brilliant philosopher and everything. And he uh, you know, has this statement that has just stuck with me where he says, tell the gospel in a way that makes good men wish it to be true, then show it to be true, right? So I think if I, if I were talking to somebody who's deconstructing their faith, I would say, you, the faith that you are deconstructing, do you wish it to be true? And most of them would say, absolutely not, right? That's why they're That's rejecting why it. They're de- deconstructing right. it. Like yeah. if they're saying to me, yes, yes, I wish this was true, but I just can't believe it. I mean, it's it's just, it's too great of a leap, whatever. Then I can work with that. But very few yeah, I think that's what I'm kids, going for with the recipe right, metaphor because ex- they're exactly. saying this doesn't taste good. Right. You're saying, well, it's wrong. Something's in there right. that, yeah. I, I think if we switch to the negative form of deconstruction, which is saying, okay, I've got that Apostles' Creed, I've got that Nicene Creed, and now I am saying, I'm not sure how I think about this. Um, I would say there are probably two big problems with that, and Stacy already alluded to one. The, the first problem is that deconstruction replaces God with you, Right? Right. You yep. are in the chair of evaluating what can be true and what cannot be true, what's believable and what's not believable. And if you have any life experience at all, you know how unreliable you are. I mean, there is a legitimate danger in putting yourself in the evalu- in the evaluative chair. So that's the first problem. The second problem is what Stacy said. So you deconstruct. You say, okay, I'm not a Christian anymore. Great. Let me tell you something. There are not other answers out there that are as good as Christianity. Doesn't mean Christianity is true, but I'm just saying if you think putting it down is going to lead to some kind of moral certainty, some kind of optimistic outlook, some kind of concrete thinking, you are absolutely unequivocally wrong. And I I think what is happening in, in that scenario is that people are saying, I will be able to live however I want to live. And what I would say to that is that may be true, but there is a hole there. I mean, there, that, that is a vacuous way of thinking that will eventually catch up with you and you will soon 
be deconstructing that view as well because it has no comfort for you in that. And I think sometimes we we ask really hard questions of Christianity, and I think we ought to because its truth claims are really big. But my only encouragement is if you're deconstructing, every question you ask of Christianity, make sure you ask of the worldview you are considering mm-hmm. shifting towards. Yeah. Because I think what you'll find, again, this doesn't prove Christianity true, but I think what you'll find is if forced to choose between the possible two answers, Christianity has the the best possible answer to that question. Uh, and so I think those two things, one, I know how to evaluate truth, and the second one, uh, I have a better thing to turn to. Those are two lies, I think, that motivate deconstruction. Yeah, when you whatever you turn to, you have to make sure that uh, that it's coherent, right? Because a lot of mm-hmm. them, they yeah. a lot of times when somebody deconstructs their faith, they try to take uh, certain things. Yeah, they of. yeah they uh, they scavenger off of Christianity to the things that they like, and they leave the foundation. And you can't do that. You can't saw off the branch. Well, I think the thing on. is you can do that. I mean, you you can, like, obviously you can intellectually do that, but but here's the problem with that. When you do that, what you are saying is there is no truth, right? right. I am forming my, my own, own truth. And that sounds really great, okay? But then when you encounter someone who is um, openly uh, racist or bigoted, right, you, you are going to have to say that is okay, because that's their because truth. that is their more, truth, right? Yeah. right? That, that's that, what I mean that about being doing coherent. Exactly they're what not, you're doing. They, nobody's coherent, right? Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I was just thinking there might be more than this, but I feel like there's two two primary things that might drive kind of that deconstruction. One being apologetic in nature, and just again, lots of great resources, lots of things that you guys have already shared. But the other one that I've experienced that is super sad to me, to be honest, has been more, again, a relational or an emotional move. And that meaning that there's been someone that's let them down and they attach that person to Christianity and to what their God should be. And that's just so sad because, again, it's, it's, it's not looking at Jesus. And if you're in that situation or if you're thinking and you've been so let down by a person, that's just a reminder that we are all broken, and that's why we need to just point people to Jesus over and over. And yeah, over. it's also indicative of that problem I was saying is that without mm-hmm. realizing it, you threw something into the recipe right. that didn't belong there, and that was the way in which I know Christianity is true. Is this teacher, author, writer, coach. speaker, coach, hero, youth leader is yeah. loves Jesus, therefore it must be true, and you didn't realize when you were cooking that that was going to make it taste sour, right? Right. But all it took was that not no longer being right. true, but that should never have been in the recipe. So that is a reason to deconstruct your version of Christianity. Exactly. It is actually not a reason to deconstruct Christianity for one of the reasons is because in the New Testament itself, there are multiple people who fail, multiple people who walk away. Like the Bible itself told you that was going to happen, right? right? But without realizing it, the recipe got mixed up and... And now it tastes bitter, right? But that is not an actual problem with Christianity. And that's what I mean about cultural baggage. You don't know when you're putting it in the recipe. It just kind yeah, of slips in there, yeah. right? Yeah, you just, you don't realize it, but you did it. So what do we uh, tell parents who's, who have a, an Great adult question. child or a teenage child that are, that are saying, uh, questioning their faith, deconstructing right in front of them? And the, the, I just know as a, as a parent, the temptation is to panic and try to push it back in them right away. 
I, I think there's a couple of things I would say right off the bat. I mean, one is don't discourage examining your faith. Don't discourage that, right? It, part of believing the gospel is believing it can hold up to scrutiny. Right. Absolutely. Right? I mean, that, that, that's, that's the first thing I'd say. When you panic, you, what you're, I, I know that panic is coming from affection for your child, and, but what you're communicating is, I, I am worried that the gospel can't hold up to your right. questions. Right? We, want to th- we want to say close examination can do it no harm. Yeah, I want to say look, look it in the eyeballs, right? right? Well, that's yeah. What, yeah, that's what uh, over and over again in the New Testament, Jesus is saying, think about this. Have you not read? Think about, think, you know, go consider this. Yeah, so. And, and so that's one. The second thing I would say is when they discover cultural baggage and, they, and that maybe even you put in their recipe, right? And you, you didn't realize it. You were doing your best. You were trying. Own that. Yep. Own that and encourage them that you're, you know what, you're right about that, but that was me, not Jesus, right? So so deconstruct me. <laughs> There's a lot there. That's not Jesus. Separate, allow that, receive that, model the gospel yep, exactly. by saying, you know what, you're absolutely right. I, I added that and it doesn't belong there. And, and that that's really, really, really important. But the third thing is, I think, and Joe, you hit on this before, is ask them, okay, okay, so you reject Christianity then what? Now what? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so how are you seeking to answer that question now independent of biblical Christianity, right? So in other words, say to them, the work of deconstruction doesn't stop once you say, I'm no longer a Christian. Should you also need to deconstruct what you're... Reconstruction. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <clears throat> Which is then going to have to undergo and withstand the scrutiny that's of, of, of yeah. deconstruction because... Right. It, well, and that's where you go to... You know, I, uh, I love the square triangle, triangle square, because that's the question for every worldview, right? Is to say, okay, then tell me, what are what's the idea? What, what's the way things should be? What's the way things are? What's the problem? You know, and and they have to, they need to answer those questions. Yep. And every worldview tries to answer those questions. Yep. I'd want to know what what they're going to replace Christianity. It sometimes a story is helpful. So I would actually point you to the story of the prodigal son. Because I think what's happening in that story is the son initially is deconstructing his relationship with the father, right? Right. As he's saying, you know what? Maybe it isn't great. Maybe it really isn't great to live at my dad's house I just and have need to what follow he has. his I don't rules. Need him. And yeah. yeah, that's right. I maybe it would be better. I'll tell you what, it would be better to and then he goes and he reconstructs a new life, right? A life of pleasure, a life of 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 living in the moment, of no rules, no boundaries, right? And it isn't until life deconstructs what he built, right? Right, Where he's laying in the pig pen and he's going, what have, what what have, have I, I done? done? Where all of a sudden he looks back at what he had previously deconstructed and says, you know what? That was actually really beautiful. I just couldn't see it at the time, right? And so that's the other thing is, the, the other piece of advice I give is, this is a process some people have to go through and it is painful and it is hard. And and some of that's because it feels like a personal referendum on us as parents, right? Or or teachers or uh, – and then some of it is because we worry for them. But sometimes this is the journey a person has to go on in order to one day, as the writer says uh, in the story of the, of the prodigal son, come to your senses and realize, you know what, it is actually better where I was than than where I am uh, now, but I think I would say if this is where you find yourself, uh, we welcome questioners at Christ Community Chapel. I mean, we we it's something we try to speak to in our sermons and our teaching. You, you know, we 
you are welcome to be in and among us and ask really good questions and be working to figure out what you believe and be working to separate the biblical version of Christianity from the cultural version. And our desire is together as a team to, to keep the recipe to what it should be so that what emerges from us as a church is something that that looks and smells and tastes great, that it is true, authentic Christianity. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.